Welcome to the newest episode of Sacred Sex. I'm Dr. Holda Gay Weinstein, a board-certified OBGYN and medical director of the Visionary Women's Health Clinic. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a while, you have surely noticed a change in my last name. Thank you for your patience with the return of this podcast. During this break, I got married, opened up a practice in the middle of this pandemic. And as some of you know, I was also afflicted with the coronavirus as a frontline provider in an underserved community of Baltimore. But thankfully, I was able to fully recover and have tested negatively thereafter. I do want to thank all of you listeners for your patience, and I hope that each one of you have also gone through your own blessings and growth through this pandemic since the last time you were here. So let's get right back into it. I'm here to offer you a fresh perspective by merging my clinical knowledge with sound psychological theory to elevate your sacred sexual experience. I'm Dr. Holdegay Weinstein, and you're listening to Sacred Sex. Today's episode is a direct request from many of my patients and something I discuss often in the office, and this is the inability to achieve an orgasm, otherwise known as anorgasmia. Now, in my practice, I like to think of this condition under three umbrellas so that I can better address it. There is what I call primary anorgasmia, and this is a woman who has never experienced an orgasm in her life. Then there's secondary anorgasmia, and this is a woman who has had orgasms in the past, but for whatever reason just can't achieve them anymore. And finally, there's situational anorgasmia, which is a woman who can achieve orgasms only under specific conditions, such as with manual clitoral stimulation, but not with penetration. It's important to differentiate these because it can help narrow down the potential causes, allowing for a more targeted intervention on my part. I'm going to start by talking about some reasons why a woman may have one of these types. Then we're going to dive right into how you can treat these with very good success. Anorgasmia can be related to certain medical conditions. These conditions are typically those that affect the nervous system, and they can include conditions such as MS or multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, ALS, certain brain tumors, or neuropathies caused by diabetes or other sources. Although all these conditions will need to be addressed and stabilized with your neurologist, the tips I will share with you today can still be used to improve your chances of achieving an orgasm. Another cause is surgery. 
Today, there are still women who have undergone female circumcision or genital mutilation, to be more accurate, and this can interfere with the ability to achieve an orgasm. Other pelvic surgeries, for example, some done for cancer or other conditions, can also affect the nerves that supply the clitoris. Now, the good news is that this network of nerves is broad, and the clitoris, as we discussed in previous episodes, expands beyond the small bud that is externally visible. So, depending on your specific circumstance, there are still some things that can be done to make sex pleasurable for you. If this is your situation, I strongly advise having a gynecologist that is experienced in sexual dysfunction examine you first to determine the extent of the neural damage and come up with the best plan for you. Again, some of the tips I'm going to discuss later, however, can still help you get to your first orgasm. The next cause is menopause or other hormonal disorders. Often this is mediated by secondary symptoms such as vaginal dryness, but there also could be decreased libido compounding the problem. The good news is that we have some solid tools in Western medicine to mitigate these hormonal changes and your specific cocktail can be devised by a skilled gynecologist. Finally, another big medical cause are things that you are introducing inside your body such as alcohol, smoking, and certain medications, which we will cover very shortly. Now, some of you ladies are listening to this and are now thinking, well, I don't have any of these medical causes, so will I ever enjoy sex? Well, the very last cause of anorgasmia, the one that I find is responsible for about 70% of the cases that I treat, is psychosocial. This is just a fancy word to say that your state of mind how you talk to yourself, your relationship, and your emotional past and present could be throwing a wrench in your big O's. This also means that if you fall into this category, there are a myriad of things you can do to turn the tides around. So let's dive right in towards a journey to fulfilling orgasms. The first recommendation is to get to know your body. Now, If you're in your 30s, 40s, or even 50s, you're thinking, doctor, I know my body. I have had it for a while. Well, I cannot tell you how many patients don't completely understand their female anatomy or what turns them on. If I handed you a dildo and said, show me five different ways you get very aroused. Could you show me? Don't worry, I'm a gynecologist. (laughs) No, but really, could you? It begins with understanding your anatomy. Now, let's just imagine a few actions. Let's say touching your nipples. What pressure and motion gets them to slowly harden? Is it the thought of sucking on them, perhaps, that does it? Now, let's go down a bit further, shall we? Let's say you were running your fingers from top to bottom, starting from the mons pubis, which is where the hair sits, going down the middle until you run into the first knob or the first sensitive part. That's the clitoral hood, or so to say, the cover of the clitoris. 
If you were to gently pull that back with one hand and use the other hand to feel the tip, you will notice that the area feels a bit more sensitive underneath the hood. That's the head of the clitoris. Stimulating the hood or the clitoris directly can feel pretty nice, but the amount of pressure, the angle, the necessary vibration, the speed that creates pleasure varies from one woman to the next and sometimes from one situation to the next. Now, if you continue down just a few centimeters below, you will feel soft fleshy tissue, which contains the urethral opening. And this is where urine comes out from. Pushing on this area can actually feel a little uncomfortable in some women. And this is definitely not the area to introduce anything into. Continuing downwards, you will find that the skin between the urethral opening and the vaginal opening can actually be quite sensitive and pleasurable depending on whether you're using light strokes or deeper pressure. This is because some of the nerve endings of the expansive, beautiful clitoris can be found right here. Now, the vaginal opening has a myriad of neural connections, mostly concentrated on the top wall of the vagina. Essentially, if you introduced a finger and pushed up. But these nerve endings can also be stimulated through the sidewalls and even from the back wall of the vagina. Some women find anal stimulation pleasurable because it can stimulate those back wall nerve endings or narrow the opening of the vagina, making penile stimulation more enjoyable. How is that for a crash course on the female anatomy? So my first prescription for you is to self-stimulate. The word masturbate has been dragged so much into the mud, so let's put this in a different way. Explore your temple and discover what aligns it with your divine sexuality. Sex is good for you. Sex is natural. Your body was intricately designed to do this and to do this well. Find your keys to your beautiful machine. You can start by looking through some sex toys and pick a few to play with privately before you engage with your partner. Always use lubrication and make sure you are in a headspace of relaxation where you cannot be disturbed. If you need some motivation to detangle yourself from all the negative messages around self-pleasure, check out some of my prior episodes. The next recommendation is to redefine your intimacy and strengthen your relationship. I want you to be able to get to a space where you can be intimate with your partner in other ways and enjoy them. Intimacy can look like laying down together and having a vulnerable conversation. It could look like holding hands while taking a walk, discussing life's big existential questions or the smaller ones. Or maybe it looks like cuddling on a couch, watching a movie, and sharing some kind and gentle touches here and there to reaffirm your love for, an, for one another. If you can begin to see that your intimacy spans beyond intercourse and orgasms, I promise you, your orgasms will get stronger and more meaningful. Along these same lines, don't ignore relationship problems. Make a list of unresolved issues that are big enough that they cause irritation or frustration in your relationship. Any problems around trust or fidelity, 
or any issues you find with your ability to communicate about sex. For us women, these problems are directly linked to our sexual desire and pleasure. The better the centers of trust, intimacy, and support get with our partners, the better our sex life can become. The last thing I will say about this is a bit counterintuitive, and that is release the need to orgasm with every sexual contact. Focus instead on the following question. Does this feel good? And if so, do more of that. Releasing this push against something actually relaxes you and opens the way towards a more powerful experience. The next step here is treating the source of any pain. I have a number of patients who have come to simply accept that sex is going to be painful. It's no surprise that if you are experiencing pain, your orgasms may be difficult to reach. Common causes of pain are positional, maybe vaginal dryness, infection, or vaginismus. There are, of course, less common problems, such as connective tissue disorders and more. See your gynecologist and get to the bottom of why it hurts and do something about it. Another important consideration is your medication list. Now, this can be tricky because sometimes the medication interfering with libido and orgasm can be one that cannot be easily substituted or stopped. However, most women don't know that, for example, antihistamines can cause vaginal dryness. So I would be careful with taking these over-the-counter drugs too liberally, or if needed, use generous intravaginal lubrication during sex. Antihistamines are found in cold and allergy medications. Other culprits include antidepressants and antipsychotics, or certain pain medications, especially the narcotics or opioid medications. Have a conversation with the prescribing doctor and your gynecologist to see if there is indeed an alternative regimen that can be prescribed that preserves health while being mindful to the side effects of sexual dysfunction. My next prescription is to reverse negative self-talk around sex. We have previously discussed the importance of positive body image in prior episodes. This is a fact. Women who feel sexy in their bodies enjoy sex better. Examine your cultural and religious beliefs around sex and undo negative messaging, guilt, or anything that once wanted you to believe that sex was a sin. Sex is a perfect design of nature, and enjoying it, to have more of it, was at the center of its plan. It is why we have entire organs designed specifically for this. Stressors such as financial situations, abuse, depression, and anxiety can also interfere with your ability to orgasm. So make sure that you are seeing a mental health professional to get back on track. Now, what if you're perfectly able to orgasm with sex toys, but never with intercourse? Or you can orgasm with oral sex, but just not with penetration. Situational orgasm typically negatively affects the ability to orgasm during intercourse in favor of orgasms through other modes of stimulation. 
If you find that you are able to orgasm with penetration, but it's simply more consistent with other external stimulation, understand that this is normal. The majority of women are able to better achieve orgasms with directed stimulation rather than with intercourse. However, if you have never orgasmed with penile penetration, here are a few tips. The first is identify the value propositions you have attached to each form of orgasm. What I hear often is that my orgasms should come from intercourse, but I only get them from my dildo. Or I would love to share an orgasm with my partner, but it only occurs when he gives me oral sex. What is apparent is there is an expectation that the orgasm belongs to penile penetration and there is guilt around the fact that this is not when it happens. Release this. Can you imagine the wall of resistance you are putting up at the beginning of every sexual encounter where penetration will occur? Your resistance is so great that your road to orgasm is pushed back even further. Tell yourself that orgasms are good no matter how they come and set yourself in the same mindset that you're in before you engage in what makes you traditionally have an orgasm. Say things to yourself like, this is going to be good. I really like this. I am very likely to have an orgasm. Listen to this segment a few times if you have to, or write it down. The sooner you can let go of that resistance, the closer you will get to to having your orgasms in varied ways. And the next tip is, to accept that penile penetration doesn't always provide proper clitoral stimulation, depending on the size of your partner, the angle of his penis, as well as the sexual position. Play around with clitoral stimulation during penetration, either manually or add on a sex toy that can be used during penetration to teach your body the sensation of orgasm during penile penetration. Finally, Pay attention to where your thoughts are during penile penetration versus during your traditional orgasm source. If this is you, go ahead. Think about this difference right now. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. See the difference? Change those thoughts too. Drop the baggage that comes when you engage in penile penetration and embrace the joyous fun towards an orgasm. I hope you ladies enjoyed today's episode and most importantly, I hope you create a life full of sacred sex. Until next time, I'm Dr. Holda Gay Weinstein and I will be talking to you soon.